the Johnson Wax Program. <laughs> Makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coats present Fibber McGee and Bolly, written by Don Quinn, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills in his office. Ladies and gentlemen, realizing the tremendous interest you all have in the election returns tonight, NBC has arranged to bring you the latest results at intervals during our program. And now Billy Mills and his orchestra open the show with So You're the One. <laughs> When you walk on wax, you save your floors. You've heard me say this before, but I like to repeat it because it illustrates so clearly the protection offered by genuine Johnson's wax. The reason why this famous floor wax saves work and saves money throughout the year. When you apply a coat of Johnson's wax to your floors, you're protecting them with a tough, invisible wax shield. A shield that guards the finish against scratches, scars, and dirt. Of course, that's only half the Johnson Wax story, because floors that are regularly Johnson Wax become more beautiful with every application. They have that rich, mellow glow so much desired by better housekeepers. Add to this the 100 extra uses for genuine Johnson's Wax, for furniture, woodwork, leather goods, and you understand why it is in so many homes everywhere. You can buy genuine Johnson's Wax in the familiar paste or liquid form, and in the new cream wax, especially formulated for furniture and woodwork. Buy some tomorrow. The Good Government Club of Wistful Vista has offered $250 to the election officials who bring out the voters in their precinct 100%. And here, presiding at the polling place, which also happens to be their home at 79 Wistful Vista, we find those two eager officials, Fibber McGee and Molly. Remember, McGee, what? as long as we're election officials, we've got to be absolutely nonpartisan. <laughs> okay, but who are we going to be nonpartisan again? Excuse me, please, President Cupy. I'd like to vote. Why, hello, Mr. DePopolis. Your name, please, Nick. Nicholas Agasakis Prometheus G. DePopolis. Oh. What's the G stand for? Junior. Then <laughs> <laughs> you've got the same name as your old man. Oh, no. Papa's name is being Nicholas Agasakis Prometheus C. DePopolis. Oh, what's the fee for? Senior. <laughs> okay, okay, let it go. Here's your ballot, Nick. Uh, mark it in the other room, then fold it and put it in this little box right here. Ugly duckly, Kicker. But if I'd only known it was this much trouble to elect the president of the United States, it's certainly worth it, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine giving a dumbbell like him the vote, Molly. Well, the first time you voted, you weren't so smart either, dearie. Well, what did I do? <laughs> you took a ruler and a pair of scissors with you. What? You said as long as you were going to split your ticket, you wanted it to look neat. <laughs> that was before I knew... 
I'll get it. Okay. Hello? Yes. 13th Precinct, Holy Place. Judge McGee speaking. No. No, we ain't allowed to give out any information. No, we don't know how the voting is going for any candidate. No. Ah, well, you'll just have to wait for the morning press, I guess. Yeah. Okay, Mr. Gallup. Was that uh, George Gallup? <laughs> no, Charlie, a fellow I used to know in the circus. Oh. He used to play the cantaloupe in the parade. No, you don't mean cantaloupe. You mean he played the calamity. <laughs> Molly, a calamity is something bad. Well, I never heard one played good. <laughs> One what? One of those steam pianos, those antelopes. That rat, they hate antelopes. Antelopes are kind of dear. I don't care how much they cost, I don't like them. <laughs> and for your information, dearie, a cantaloupe is a mushmelon. Of course it's a mushmelon, I know that. Well, how could anyone play a mushmelon in a circus? Charlie did. <laughs> Bored holes into it and played it like a sweet potato. <laughs> It was a little drippy, but it had rhythm. <laughs> Never forget one time we played Mishawaka, Indiana, and Charlie couldn't find a cantaloupe for loving her money. <laughs> had to use a persimmon. Oh. Yeah, he played the parade all right, but his face was so puckered up he couldn't get near nobody for three weeks. <laughs> Everybody thought he was going to kiss them. <laughs> well, through the following week, we were... Huh? you know what you can get me for Christmas? No, what? A big, beautifully colored, handsomely framed Rand McNally map of that dream world you live in. <laughs> now, let's get back to work, dear. Okay, okay, okay. How many more votes do we need to get 100% turnout? About 22. 22? Yeah. Hey, that's pretty good. Only right. 22 more, huh? Well, it looks like we might win that 250 bucks, Molly. Gee, wouldn't that be great? Mm -hmm. wonder how the election's coming on in other parts of the country. Well, search me. Shall I turn on the radio? Well, I was going to turn it on myself, and then I got worried. What were you worried about? Well, that radio of ours is so old, I was afraid we'd get returns from the Coolidge campaign. <laughs> well, let's try it. I'll get the NBC newsroom in New York. Quiet in the polling place, please. We're going to get some election returns. Here are the last-minute election returns. Roosevelt has taken an early lead in the presidential election on the basis of incomplete returns which have now come in from the South, the East, and a part of the Midwest. The NBC Election Totalizer Board here in New York now shows these figures. Roosevelt, 2,605,000. Wilkie, 2,037,000. This represents approximately 9% of the total vote cast today. Roosevelt is holding a narrow lead in the important states of Ohio, Indiana, Pennsylvania, and Illinois, and also in Connecticut. Returns from New York, which represents 47 electoral votes, are just beginning to come in. And here are bulletins from various states as they're coming into the NBC newsroom. New York, the first election district reporting tonight of 804 in Bronx County, home of Democratic National Chairman Edward Flynn. Tonight gave Wilkie 420 to 400 for Roosevelt. Rome, New York. Roosevelt defeated Wilkie 7,345 to 6,563 in the city of Rome in an unofficial tabulation of votes in the first upstate city reporting, complete in today's election. Cleveland, Ohio. 
the Cleveland Plain dealer which supported Wendell Wilkie, predicted tonight that President Roosevelt would carry Ohio by 150,000 votes. Here is a bullet. Washington at 9.30 p.m. With returns far from complete, Roosevelt was leading in states having a total electoral vote of 277, as follows. Alabama, Arkansas, Connecticut, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Mississippi, North Dakota, New Hampshire, New Mexico, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, and West Virginia. Wilkie was leading in states with an aggregate electoral vote of 179, as follows. Arizona, Colorado, Delaware, Kansas, Maine, Michigan, Missouri, Nebraska, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Rhode Island, South Dakota, Vermont, Wisconsin. Keep tuned in to this station for further election returns. Now we return you to Silver McGee and Molly as Billy Mills and his orchestra play Bojangles of Holland. over right away. But, Mr. Flanagan, I thought your son was only 16. He is. But he's heard so many campaign speeches, he's aged five years. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful what radio has done for politics, isn't it, dear? Yeah, it is. Used to be a speaker had to get up on a stump to talk, and now they stand in front of a mic and get themselves out on a limb. How do you do, Mr. McGee? And Mr. McGee. Uh, does one do one's voting in here? Uh, yes, one does, Mrs. Uppington. Will one step up to the desk, please? <laughs> Raise your right hand, Duffy. Oh, must I be sworn in? No, but that dress is so tight, I just wondered if you could do it. <laughs> okay, let it down. <laughs> now then, a few questions, Duffy, please. Your name? Uppington. Mrs. Abigail Uppington. Resident. Circle. 
Go on, your house is brick. I thought so, too, until I paid for it. Huh? Then I realized I got suckled. Ooh, how I got suckled. Ooh, nice. That's a very old joke, Mrs. Uppy. Listen, it's a very old house. <laughs> Uppy, you're hotter than a short-order kitchen tonight, you know. You ought to save that material. Indefinitely. <laughs> I intend to, Miss McGee. You know... I expect to write someday. <laughs> oh, and you'll love it, too, Uppy. I remember when I learned to write. The teacher says to me, Please, please. <laughs> Enough of this. My ballot, please. Uh, just a moment, Mrs. Uppington. Your age, please. I am 50... Uh, <clears throat> I mean, uh, oh, let us just say over 21. <laughs> oh, now, Uppy, not you. Yes, really, I am, Mr. McGee. <laughs> Don't say I did that. Uh, no, I realize I... <laughs> I have the face of a young girl. <laughs> well, you'd better give it back to her. You're getting it all wrinkled. <laughs> well, really, now I... Oh, my ballot, please, and where do I vote? Oh, here you are, Uppy, and just go through that door there, Uppy. You'll find the... No, 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 not that door. No, no, no! no. Hey, Molly. Yeah? After election, remind me to straighten out that closet. <laughs> Did you see Mrs. Uppington get out of there? Lovely footwork. <laughs> yeah, she's a little lightweight, too. Hey, what hey. on earth is that? Look, somebody's making a speech out there. Oh, he can't do that. He's electioneering within 100 feet of a polling place. I'll put a stop to that. Come on, Molly. my friends, the Johnson self-polishing glucose of people's choice should be elected to office. And not only to the office, but to the whole, because it saves hours of housework and is so easy to use. Glucose requires no rubbing and no buffing, and gives new luster and beauty to your kitchen linoleum. That, that is why I say Vote for Johnson's self-polishing glow coat, regardless of party. And if you must have a party, be sure and use glow coat, because all good parties wind up in the kitchen. I think I'm going to start carrying smelling salts with me, Molly. <laughs> what for? Someday Wilcox is going to forget that tricky stuff and simply say, folks, now I'm going to talk about Johnson's glow coat. <laughs> and when he does that, I'll think. Never mind that, McGee. If we want to win that prize, we better get some of these voters in here. Yeah. Why don't you call some of them up? Hey, that's a great idea, Molly. Give me the phone, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Hello, operator. Give me the res... Oh, is that you, Mert? Uh... How's every little thing, Mert? It is, huh? Who? Your sister. Chopped off her what? Oh, heavenly days, McGee. What happened? Mert's sister was singing the old oaken bucket at the radio station, and they chopped off eight bars off her chorus. <laughs> what say, Mert? Oh, our line is out of order, huh? Okay, Mert. Thanks anyway. Can you imagine that? Well, Look. there's still time for the rest of the room. Hello, well, Johnny. Hello, daughter. Oh. Give me a ballot. Well, okay, old-timer. Here you are. A few questions first, though. Here's where we find out how old this, how, what his really name is, Molly. Yes, yes. Name, please. Yes, yes. 
Okay. Okay, old timer. Come on, come on. What's your name? Wouldn't tame ask me again? I'll tell you the same. For goodness sake, don't be so coy, Mr. Old Timer. If you don't answer the questions, you can't vote, you know. Oh, but darn it, daughter. How have I got to give you all this information? To make your vote legal, old timer. How do you know what's legal, Johnny? Who, me? Yeah. <laughs> I've been in politics since I was knee high to a ward healer, old timer. <laughs> Committeeman, alderman, mayor. Why, when I was prosecuting attorney, lawyers from all over the country used to say my pleas to the jury were the prettiest they ever heard. <laughs> Pretty please, McGee, I was no doubt. You know <laughs> Pretty please, McGee, proclaimed by press and public, the peerless prosecutor of pilfering pickpockets, political parasites, and perfidious persons performing petty peccadilloes, putting prison pajamas on poker players, preying on poor punks with peculiar pasteboards and purloined property with prestidigitation, bleeding with passion and pathos for poor people in pretty pickles, a peppy personality with a capital P, but here's more returns from NBC. Incomplete election returns are now available from 40 of the 48 states. And on a basis of these incomplete returns, President Roosevelt is leading Wendell Wilkie in both the popular and the indicated electoral vote. States having 277 electoral votes are leaning toward Roosevelt. Wilkie is holding a lead in states with an aggregate electoral vote of 179. The NBC election chart now shows 2,820,909 for Roosevelt, 2,229,322 for Wilkie, with 10% of the total returns in. These are accurate figures based on new services. Manchester, New Hampshire. A neck-and-neck battle for New Hampshire's four electoral votes developed tonight as early returns trickled in from scattered communities in the Granite State, which four years ago staged the tightest finish in the nation in that presidential race. Returns from 53 of the state's 294 precincts gave President Roosevelt 9,564 votes to 9,312 for Wendell Wilkie. Pittsburgh. President Roosevelt held an unofficial lead of 35,968 votes in Pennsylvania tonight, with 332 of the state's 8,100 precincts reported. The vote. Roosevelt, 149,460. Wilkie, 113,492. New York, the first five election districts to report from New York County tonight gave Roosevelt, 2,080, Wilkie, 441. Albany, New York, nine districts out of 212 in Albany County give Roosevelt, 3,141, Wilkie, 975. Minneapolis, Wendell L. Wilkie led President Roosevelt in the first returns from Minnesota. The Republican nominee getting 250 votes to Mr. Roosevelt's 170 in one precinct out of 3,696. Des Moines, Iowa. The first three precincts to report in Iowa in the presidential race gave Wendell Wilkie 1,102 votes to 762 for President Roosevelt. The returns were from Grundy County, which had a Democratic majority in 1936. Keep tuned to this station. Now we return you to Fibber McGee and Molly as the King's men sing You Can't Tell a Man by His Hut. Oh, once upon a time before the world had gone informal, things were normal and a girl could figure out. By a man's fedora or his top hat or his panama, exactly what that man was all about. 
bankers were conservative in black or brown or blue or gray. Actors were extravagant and green. Or something distangue. You could always recognize a carriage straight from pool room guys, but now just look what's happened to the scene. Low brows and high hats and high brows and no hats. So what is this world coming to? Zulus in earlaps and crooks in police caps. The day of discretion is through. There was a time when you could tell Instructions, instructions. Had them here just a moment ago. Here's a deck of marked cards. Going to play a little rummy tonight, if he shows up. <laughs> Letter from my dear old father from Vinegar, South Dakota. Says he takes his morning constitutional by walking 50 times around the jail. Yes, yes. Round and round the vinegar jug pop goes. The weasel. <laughs> Oh, yes, a couple of badly made counterfeit silver dollars. Caused me a great deal of embarrassment. Got a letter from the government telling me I'd have to get the lead out. <laughs> and a check for short beer. Well, well, imagine that. No instructions. Well, you'll just have to mark your ballot without them, Mr. Boomer. Right in the other room there. Thank you, my dear. Thank you. Hope there's no objection to my voting twice in each square. Never could resist a chance for a double cross. <laughs> that guy's been on so many police blotters, he writes his name backward. <laughs> well, I'm glad he came in to vote anyway. Only two more and we've won $250. Only maybe. two more, Molly. Uh, I'll bet we're the only precinct in the United States that voted 100%. I lived in one once that voted 425%. It was a wet neighborhood, and we had a bunch of floaters. Oh, then, 
McGee. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. Come right in. Yeah. Hi, Gildersleeve. Glad to see you. What'd you come in here for? To vote. Fine. Here's a ballot. Here's a pencil. Just take it in the next room. Now, wait a minute. Don't rush me. <laughs> well, shucks, Gildy, you got to vote. Who says I got to vote? I'm an American citizen, McGee. Huh? Nobody can make me vote. Well, then what'd you come in here for? The vote. Good. Here's a ballot. Oh, no, you don't. You can't rush me into this. Rush you into this. Now, look, Gildy, as one American to another, I appeal to your patriotism. I appeal to your... Don't you wave the flag at me either, McGee. My forefathers were in this country long before yours. Oh, is that so? Yes, it is. My mother had 12 sisters in the D.A.R. Well, I knew you had ants, Gildersleeve, but I didn't know what they were in. <laughs> You're a hard man, McGee. <laughs> Just for that, I won't vote. Dear, you ought to be ashamed of yourself, Mr. Gildersleeve, not voting. Well... Why, your wife was the first one in when we opened up this morning. Yes. What? She was? Yes. You bet she was. Why, she's voting for a different candidate than I am. Huh? She can't do this to me. Give me a ballot. Here. Give me a pencil. Here. Uh, President of the X, 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 Congressman X, Judge Municipal X. Here, here, here. Take it in the other room and mark. Oh, Mark, in the box. I'll show Madam Gildersleeve. <laughs> Well, many happy returns, folks. <laughs> many happy returns. Of all the cornea. Oh, heavenly days, McGee. Look. Huh? Look what time it is. We have to close the polls in exactly two minutes. Oh, but we can't. There's still one voter that ain't come in. Nevertheless, we have to close. We've got to keep it legal, you oh, know. Oh, but he can't do that to us. He's cheating us out of 250 bucks. Uh, oh, come on, bud. Whoever you are. That rat, that, that rat of luck. If he don't show up within two minutes, we're... Ah, oh, Good evening to the both of you. And a very good evening to you, sir. Hurry, McGee. Uh, here you are, bud. Uh, we'll just skip the questions. You only got a minute to make out your ballot. Me what? Your ballot. Don't stand there and argue. Hurry up. The voting booth is in the other room. We'll check your registration afterwards. I'm not here to vote, McCushla. Huh? I'm from the city hall. Come to take your ballot box. Oh, no. <laughs> the polls are closed. Good night to you. Well, I didn't want a new green automobile with red upholstery in the top. goes up and down when you press the button anyway. <laughs> oh, McGee, darling, don't take it to heart, so... I... I can't help it, Molly. Oh, now, now, just because some stupid, short-sighted, irresponsible, un-American rapscallion forgot to vote. Please, Molly, don't, don't talk like that. He ain't really a bad guy. What? You know who it was? Yes. Who? Me. <laughs> talent for one thing or another, painting or music or even amateur theatricals. We might occasionally do something that seems brilliant, but the next effort might be very ordinary. And that marks the main difference between talent and genius. For with the artist who has genius, every effort is brilliant and surefire. It's that way in business, too. Some products are here today, gone tomorrow, whereas others are so consistent in quality and service that they become accepted as household standards. The many products of S.C. Johnson & Son Incorporated, makers of Johnson's Wax, are surely in this category. For more than 50 years, they have been giving unfailing satisfaction. When you think of polishes, 
Think of genuine Johnson's wax in the familiar paste or liquid form for floors and the new cream wax for furniture or Johnson's self-polishing glow coat for linoleum, Johnson's shine-up silver polish, and Johnson's car new for your car. Go to the Bijou Theater, McGee. Huh? They're giving election returns during the show. Oh, just like us, huh? Exactly. That's why I wanted to go. What you mean? What's there? Election returns and no time for comedy. Oh. <laughs> Good night. Good night, all. <laughs> This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. Attention car owners. What product does two things at once? It's Johnson's Car New, the sensational new auto polish that both cleans and wax polishes your car in one easy operation. It used to take hard work and cost real money to do those two jobs, but with Car New, you can do them in half the time. Car New is a liquid that dries to a white powder. Wipe this powder off, and you'll say with car owners everywhere, your car looks like new when you use Car New. Buy a can tomorrow. Get your car ready for winter. This is the National Broadcasting Company. <laughs>